You're listening to Higher Ground with me, John Graff. I'm a partner in the higher ed and litigation practice groups at Hirsch Roberts Weinstein in Boston, Massachusetts, and it's my pleasure today to serve as your Higher Ground host. Now, this is our last episode of 2021, and we're still in the midst of a pandemic. In fact, things are really going in the wrong direction when you think about it. But as I reflect back on the past nearly two years, I've got a lot to be grateful for, and I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. And the gratefulness that I feel informs my perspective on leadership, teamwork, and life more generally. It informs everything I'm about to say now. The COVID pandemic hit us hard in March of 2020, really hard, really hard. And we hoped it would let up at some point in 2021, but it really didn't mostly. The virus shifted its form, a mutation, I think they call it in science, and it morphed into Delta. And then it morphed into Omicron or Omicron or Omicron or whatever the hell you want to call it. And while that was happening, we shut down and we shut in and we masked and we vaxxed and then we unshut and then we unmasked and then we masked again. And now some are shutting in again or shutting down again. COVID is the gift that keeps on giving And apparently, it intends to share its ridiculously generous bounty of misery and hell with us again in 2022. That's one way of looking at it, right? And what I just said is not at all inaccurate. Or as one of my very good friends often says to me, you're not wrong, John. But let me go at it from a different angle. It hasn't all been bad has it? We learned how to take it slower, easier for a while. We learned how to leverage technology. Technology, by the way, that had been in place long before the shutdown. We were just too busy and too uninterested to learn it and to use it. Until we weren't too busy and until we weren't uninterested anymore, then we suddenly became very interested and we benefited from it, didn't we? a shift in perspective resulting from the reality of our operating and living conditions. And we learned about ourselves a little more. We learned a little more about how much stress we could really take or not take. We saw people who were born to lead show us what they were all about, even if they hadn't ever been leaders in the past. And we saw people who call themselves leaders, but who really are not built for the job, crumble under the pressure. We found inspiration in unlikely places, or at least in places where we didn't even bother to look before. We saw people completely terrified, forging through their days, doing their jobs, making the best of a very tough situation. Some friendships faded. Not always a bad thing. The circumstances of these past two years have taught us a lot about the people with whom we keep company. And we've learned a little more about ourselves, about what we really value. And we made some adjustments based on those assessments, didn't we? Some new friendships grew. Two of my closest friends from two very different worlds that I inhabit, one from the police world and one from the law world, have become close friends in their own right, just by coincidence. 
And without the pandemic, that likely never would have happened. That's a great story. Here's another great story. In March of 2020, Massachusetts shut down and everyone went home. I came to the office most days completely isolated, completely alone, and I didn't really mind it. I would work a few hours at my desk, head into a vacant conference room and do a CrossFit wad or work out of the day for about 30, 40, 45 minutes, then go back into my office, work some more, and then go home. Now, that wouldn't work for many people, but it worked for me. I'm wired to be okay being alone for long periods of time. I'm not sure what that says about me. Don't get me wrong. I love being around people, but I'm also okay with solitude. So about two months into my solitude here at the HRW bunker, I was in the office one day and I hear what sounds like some movement in the lobby of our firm, which is right near my office where I work. So you can imagine after two months of working in here alone that I was a little unnerved by what I heard, not having seen another human in this office for at least 60 days straight. The best way that I can describe this actually is like in the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks when uh, the movie transitions from Hanks being a guy who's lost on an island trying to survive to suddenly he's like a caveman savage. So, um, you know, I wasn't necessarily looking as bad as Hanks, although I suspect my law partner, Scott Roberts, who in addition to being a truly outstanding trial lawyer and a very good human being is also a very able comedian, he would say, that I did look like Hanks. I would say I looked more like Eddie Vedder post Pearl Jam. That's going to become relevant in a few minutes. But the skeptical, quiet demeanor that Hanks, uh, Tom Hanks adopts over time, that I could reckon with at the time, and I actually still can. But anyway, I hear this sound, and I decide to go out into the lobby to check it out, and I see someone who we had just hired a couple of months prior to the shutdown sitting at the front desk. Now, I look around the column that separates the hallway from the front desk area. Um, This, to me, would have been like Tom Hanks on the island, alone with no other humans and only his mind to occupy his time, uh, walking around a bend in the beach and running into another human where there really should not be any humans at all, a true shocker. And I think I asked the question, hello, or hello, or hello. hello. And there sat this person who I literally had said like four words to prior to the shutdown. She'd been working in the firm for a few months um, prior, a couple of months prior, but I had been traveling a lot for work at the time and was consi- consistently away from the office. You know, So I'd be on the road for about a week, come back for a week or a few days, go back on the road and really wasn't here. And so I really do think that the extent of the discussion I had had with this individual prior to the shutdown was, hey, how's it going? And to which, if you know Val Taylor well, you'll appreciate the response, which was a succinct, not too bad, very matter of fact, but very friendly. And that was the end of the discussion. And then came May of 2020 when I see Val sitting there at the front desk located on my island. Uh, We didn't talk too much at the time, some pleasantries, but over time we got to know each other very well. And this is before we did a return to work. Uh, I will say now, had it not been for this pandemic, I can uh, assert with absolute certainty that I would not know that Val Taylor lives by exactly the same type of ethos that I do. And that is that while there is a lot of gray in life, some things really are very easy to assign one of two categories, right or wrong. That the conscience is a powerful tool that helps us stay focused on always improving. That we're all really sitting 
for one long lesson that only ends when we take our last breaths. And that every moment between now and then is its own opportunity to learn and to grow. That life is a mountain that we are climbing and that the way we climb it matters very much. Had it not been for the pandemic, this friendship for which I am very grateful never would have happened. And I probably would not have learned as much about my own way of looking at things had I not had the opportunity to get to know Val, someone half my age who's helped me to be twice as understanding as I was before. A very compelling reminder of the extremely powerful influences others can have on us if we are receptive to them. Val, the world needs more people like you in it, period. Now along the same lines, those being the lines of receptiveness to positive influence, and to take it even a step further, if we are not uh, inspired by the resilience of children everywhere and their tremendous capacities to overcome true adversity, then we are not paying attention at all. Children of all ages were told they were home for two weeks in March of 2020. Two weeks of Zoom learning gets old really fast, and for many children, their learning took place in a car parked at a Taco Bell or in a mall parking lot so they could get enough of a wireless signal to log on and do school. Some kids had no learning at all. And then two weeks of Zoom shutdown turned into two months. And then for some, many more. Some kids never got to go back to school. And 2020 bled into 2021, and COVID was still in charge. COVID did not care about whatever experiences and vulnerabilities children brought with them to the pandemic. COVID set the terms of engagement, and the children, no matter their ages or their prior experiences, had to rise to the occasion. So to the children of the world, on behalf of all of us adults who are or should be paying attention to your struggle and to the very optimistic way that you confronted it, no matter your situation, the way you climbed your mountain with commitment and strength and optimism and the way you started back to school, masked and separated and still absorbing positivity from your experience, you children are powerful people. You are resilient people. We are proud of you. We are humbled by your greatness, and we owe you a debt of continued gratitude for what you have taught us that we will never be able to fully repay no matter how long we have to do so. And if we're smart adults, as smart as we think we are, we are now and always will be learning from your example. You are the next generation of leaders, and your medal has been forged in a furnace of adversity, and it has been tested, and you have withstood the test. You have climbed your mountain with dignity, with poise, with grace, adaptable at every turn and switch back on the trail, demonstrating courage in the face of fear, showing light in the face of darkness, and reminding us all, all of us, of what we are capable of doing. To my three daughters specifically, I admire and I respect you. I am a better leader because of what you have taught me during the past two years. I learn from you Every day, my girls, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. I am grateful to you, and I love you very much.
Now, if you listen regularly, you may recall my mentioning once or twice that there was a period when I spent a bit of time doing some extreme outdoor sporting activities in the mountains. Not as much as I wanted to at the time, but more than most people. And one of my favorite things to do at the time, and I love it to this day when I can get to on those rare occasions, is to climb a mountain. Obviously, well, not obviously, but uh, I can't do it much anymore, as hard as it is to admit. My body is not what it used to be. The hinges are rusty. Doesn't life have a funny way of rewarding you for a lifetime of being fit? It tends to punish us for our commitment to fitness by rendering us less fit to do the things that we do to keep ourselves fit. But isn't that just sort of the irony of life or the universe? When things should make sense, they don't. That's part of what keeps life so interesting. It's what helps us to remain curious. It's what helps us to take chances because we know that if we don't, we get stuck. It's sort of like being in the mountains. If you've ever climbed a tough route under tough weather and terrain conditions, then you've probably encountered a time when you've been stuck. And if you're listening to this show now, then obviously you got unstuck. But you realized where you were. You realized the circumstances in which you found yourself. You realized and acted upon the need to seize control of self, and you created your solution leading to your survival and success. Sounds like the kids I just mentioned, doesn't it? And if you truly love the mountains and you love to climb, you don't resent your situation in the mountains. You don't resent the fear. You don't resent the cold. You don't resent the pain. You're grateful for it because it made you a better climber. And my guess is that you gave, uh, it gave you better perspective on leadership and on life more generally. These are not novel observations. These are observations that climbers have been making since the beginning of time. But I was reminded of the relevance of climbing to where we are in the midst of COVID and to leadership principles given COVID conditions through a movie I saw recently called 14 Peaks. It's an absolute must-see if you want a good study in leadership framed in the context of mountain climbing. Very inspiring uh, movie. But we're on a mountain now. We're on a steep one. We've come very far, but we have some steep slope ahead of us still. Our ability to remain optimistic that we will prevail without losing appreciation for the very real conditions directly in front of us, the Stockdale paradox is what I'm describing. This is essential to our thinking and to our demeanor as leaders. What you heard in the beginning of the show is a song by Eddie Vedder, get the reference now to earlier. Vedder is the former frontman for the band Pearl Jam, the grunge band from the uh, 1990s. And the song that we were playing is called Hard Sun from Vedder's uh, 2007 album, Into the World. Now, for those of you who don't know, Eddie Vedder's a very interesting guy, very mysterious kind of reclusive songwriter. So I'm going to take a crack at applying Hard Sun to our discussion today, understanding that I may well get it wrong because the only person who can probably accurately interpret Vedder is Vedder himself. But I'll give it a shot because I'm a risk taker. Now on the surface, the song appears to be about a relationship between a man and a woman. There are enough male-female references to make it easy to walk away from the song thinking that's what it's about. The woman in the song, however, I think is intended to represent nature. The man represents humankind and its place in relation to nature. The son, of course, is the son. It is in charge. And describing any identity other than the son to the son would have been arrogant on Vetter's part. Vetter probably knew that when he wrote the song. It's funny, I had a similar discussion with my daughters this summer 
we were, and I wasn't thinking about the song at the time, we were talking about differences between the way of life in Arizona where I grew up and Massachusetts where we live now. Um, one obvious difference being the weather. And I said to them at the time that things are slower in Arizona or they move slower. People move slower sometimes because the sun is in charge and everyone knows that. It determines when people go outside and what they do when they are outside. It determines what can happen in the environment there. And people respect it and they live according to it. Anyway, the song reminds us of how small we are in the world and how in charge nature is and the sun over us. And that we, when we lose sight of what's important, nature will remind us. And that is exactly what COVID has done. It has reminded us of what is truly important. It's on us to internalize what we're seeing. And it has reminded us that the way we handle our adversity matters. It is what distinguishes us as leaders, as teammates, as friends, and as family members. And it has reminded us that despite how tough things can get, and they can get really damn tough, we still have so much to be grateful for in this life. And so as we close out this year, despite all of the things that I hate about COVID, and there are many of them, I'm also grateful for the opportunities I have had that have resulted from COVID circumstances, opportunities to regain or acquire new perspective. It's been humbling, and it's helped to become a better leader. And I know I'm not alone. There are many of us out here, out there, who think this way. And we are fortunate to think this way. As always, to my HRW partners who continue to make this podcast accessible to all, you have supported this effort from day one when most other firms were not doing this. Now many are, but we were among the first. And I thank you, my partners. I thank you for your support and for the great things we will all experience together in the years to come. To my colleague, Emma Gasson, whom, as you know, makes it so you and I can be talking right now, I thank you. I'm glad you found us this year, and I'm looking forward to more of our work together next year. And to my new colleague, Magdalene Tiadecki, our firm's marketing director, who makes sure that you know about us. Thank you for all you've already done and for what you're going to do to enhance our profile next year. And thank you. To all of our listeners, we continue to grow because you continue to share us. We are very grateful to you. Without you, there's no reason to do this. And we ask that going forward that you please continue to help us so we can have discussions like this, the ones we believe will make a positive difference here at HRW. I look forward to connecting with you all next year. For now, this is Higher Ground. I am John Graff, and 2021 is a wrap.